0: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, we have a lot of catching up to do and a lot of looking forward to do. As the Bruce Hooley Show has returned from a week's vacation, Aaron and I are back and glad to be with you here on ninety eight ninety The Answer. And we are eager to interact with you uh, on the topics of the day, which, of course, will involve locally crime, because that's always one of the top stories. But are we a crime-ridden city if our local newspaper chooses not to write about it or chooses to tell you all the great things that are going on in the city? Uh, We will discuss the lunacy of that And also catch up on the fact that a couple of brave mothers who stuck up for their kids and took on the Columbus Academy school board uh, have now gone national with their story on The Blaze, on Tucker Carlson, on Fox News, Fox and Friends. And uh, this same controversy, critical race theory, is bubbling at Olentangy, at Hilliard, and in many other places. So it's nice to be back. Uh, I'm not going to say that I'd rather be back than be on vacation because I'm not crazy. I did enjoy my time off. And uh, some of the projects around the house that needed my attention uh, have now been tended to, although there are some that still remain. So it's nice to be back with you here on The Answer. And you are invited to participate in our conversation at 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. At 533 today... Uh, We will talk with a remarkable young woman. Her name is Megan Rose, and Megan is a fellow at the Manhattan Institute. And she is uh, somebody that I think our city fathers would do well to talk about, because she has written a piece on the uh, cityjournal.org called Jobs Without Takers. And we have a lot of that going on in our nation, in our community. A lot of people are trying to hire, can't find people to hire. Uh, She has run a faith-based initiative Uh, that I think would solve a lot of the problems that manifest themselves in the crime that we talk about in our community and in the problems that are plaguing a lot of our particularly inner-city communities here. So I look forward to talking to Megan at 5.33 today. Uh, Yes, I did disengage from reading local Internet sites for a week, and it was good for my brain. It really was. It was good for my outlook. I did a lot of hard physical labor, and today, uh, getting back into it, I said to myself, well, I can't say I'm shocked by what I'm reading, but I can officially say today that in a year, 2021, where we are now approaching, I think I've lost count, what, close to 110 homicides, probably three months ahead of last year's record pace, uh, there is one more homicide to report, and that is the unequivocal unimpeachable, most assured death of journalism, print journalism, at uh, the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, Two stories today, as if I needed to. One would have proven it, but they decided to give me two. (laughs) Confirm this fact. Uh, One about what they and city leaders consider a issue with a disparity between crime among young African-Americans and young whites in terms of who's in the system and who's not in the system. Um, They must get these numbers to balance out. They must get these numbers to match up. Reality has no impact in their mind on explaining why we have more... Young black kids arrested than we do young white kids arrested. Now, hear me clearly on this. I'm not saying that young black kids are more predisposed to crime than young white kids. I'm saying in our communities, we have many more communities in our city that are plagued with the kind of problems that drive young people to engage in criminal behavior. We have more young black kids who are impacted by that than we do young white kids. We have a higher single mother rate, absent father rate, however you want to characterize it, in the black community than we do in the white community. The white community is not immune. The hilltop's a very rough area. It's not a safe place to go. Uh, Certainly after dark, or even anywhere close to dark, or even sometimes in the light of day, as we've had people shot in the hilltop, young kids, virtually every age group shot. And if you really are compassionate, if you really are caring about bettering these neighborhoods where the residents far and away are law-abiding citizens, you will not cease to write about or be careful how you write about the crime in those areas and instead balance that coverage with news of, oh, I don't know, bake sales and charity garage sales and nice people helping other people to give a false sense of safety in those communities. No, you will. And I know this is a revolutionary idea for Alan Miller and Daryl Rowland and all the other wokesters at the dispatch. If you want to do right by those law abiding citizens who live in Linden and the hilltop and around Miller Kelton On the Near East side, on the West side, you will accurately report the news so that the people in power who have caused this with their rotten policies and their lack of confidence in police will have the pressure kept on them by the one entity in our society that, when functioning correctly, can best apply pressure to people in power, and that is an adversarial news media, an adversarial media. Now, we have an advocacy media in this town now, and we have had for a long time at the dispatch, but they're out front right now because they're no longer held in check by a publisher, John Wolfe, who was a conservative and who did further Republican causes. Now, the inmates are running the asylum, And so they are free to implement their wild, woke agenda and to stack coverage slanted toward the hard left at every turn. Let's take a look, first of all, at John Fuddy's story in the Dispatch today. A decade after joining a national effort to reform the juvenile justice system, Franklin County has seen the number of youths arrested and detained for delinquency offenses plummet. Well, that ought to be good news, right? Delinquency filings, and he gives a number, of are down from 6,200 in 2010 to 2,450 in 2020. A 61% drop. But, oh, but, 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 while celebrating those numbers, court officials remain frustrated by the lack of improvement in one critical area. Black youths continue to be charged and detained at a far higher rate than their white peers. So I would ask, what's the insinuation here? Are they being framed? I know you would love to sell this as systemic racism, as implicit bias. But the fact of the matter is, particularly in this era, if you get arrested, you pretty much worked at earning your arrest. I don't see our news reports flooded with claims of unjust arrests. Don't we have a plague of carjackings in the city of Columbus? Yes, we do. And we have a plague of homicides in the city of Columbus? Yes, we do. Do we have a higher single mother, absent father rate in black community than we do in the white community? Yes, we do. All those things lead to higher arrest numbers among black juveniles than white juveniles. It's not anyone's fault. It does not speak at all to anyone's inherent inborn capacity Uh, propensity to commit crimes, it is wholly a matter of upbringing or lack of solid upbringing or whatever. It's a problem that instead of being ignored or trying to be artificially balanced, needs to be addressed, needs to be addressed. But this story just goes through backflips and cartwheels trying to say that there's some kind of a problem because the numbers are out of balance which is inane and stupid. Which brings me to Alan Miller's piece. The Dispatch Editor. Who says that there is more to any city or neighborhood than the latest crime that happens in them. Of course, no one would argue that. Hundreds of thousands of law-abiding people live in this city, including thousands in neighborhoods where poverty and crime are more prevalent than in others. Yes. So then he says, it's not a fair reflection of those neighborhoods and the people who live in them when the majority of news stories from those neighborhoods are about crime. That is one reason we are changing the way we cover neighborhoods and crime. So what they are going to be doing at the Columbus Dispatch is they're going to be reclassifying what news is. Now, I don't know what, to what extent they're going to take this. I don't know to what ridiculous extent they're going to take this. But if they want to apply this same standard, to all areas, then I would presume that they will send someone out to John Glenn International Airport and they will write a glowing story about every airplane that lands safely. Now, there's a reason why they don't do that, because that's not news. That's not out of the ordinary. That is expected. Similarly, it is not expected that the Columbus Dispatch would fill its not worth reading pages or its internet site with stories extolling people getting along in neighborhoods because that is how it's supposed to work okay well we're going to extol a bake sale in linden as if it has more merit than a bake sale in the heart of dublin or hilliard or powell why The reason that you spend a lot of time in Linden, Alan Miller, is because it's not safe in Linden. And you owe it to the residents of Linden and the Hilltop and other areas in the city to make them keenly aware of how unsafe their neighborhoods are. Because people like this poor man that I watched in the news on Sunday night should not wake up on a Sunday morning and look out their window and see a dead body in the alley behind his home. No amount of you writing about great community liaisons and garage sales for charity and kids learning how to ride a bike or someone getting straight A's in school cancels the fact that that gentleman does not feel safe in his home. And if you have to neuter the news in order to take the heat off Andrew Ginther and take the heat off Ned Pettis and take the heat off Elaine Bryant, then you're not doing your job. But it certainly wouldn't be the first time that that was true of the Columbus Dispatch. It is 5.23 on the Bruce Hulley Show. Glad to have you along. We are back from vacation. Nice to be here. And a reminder that while the culture war is over, uh, I hate to tell you, the culture lost. Yes, while well, we're losing... If you'd like to know more about how, uh, then sign up to win a free book, Speechless Controlling Minds, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, by Michael Knowles. I listen to Michael Knowles' podcast frequently. I can uh, tell you that I'm sure uh, his book is going to be phenomenal. Um, so he exposes the um, diagnosis and the losing strategy that we've fallen for and shows how we can change course and start winning. It's the book of the month at 9890answer.com. 989theanswer.com. Make it happen. Go to the website now and you can find our podcast there under the podcast link. You can find the discount shopping club there. A great place to go every day. 989theanswer.com. Columbus City Council meets tonight and you can get back in for the first time in a long time. But not all of you. They are limiting it to 20 people. Uh, they are meeting right now, in fact. And um they would prefer you submit a written testimony. Now, what are they doing tonight at Columbus City Council? Well, uh, they're going to do what Columbus City Council is uh, bent on doing: writing past wrongs. They will vote on legislation aimed at steering more city contracts to businesses owned by women and minorities. You say that sounds racist? Yes, it is racist. But of course, no one will call them on them because it's not. I call them on it because it's a it's a good thing if you stack the deck toward. Uh, businesses owned by minorities. Um, They did a study in 2019 that they paid some California firm, I'm sure hundreds of thousands of dollars, to tell them what I would think a simple inspection of their city files could tell them, which is that there were significant disparities for minorities and women in competing for city construction and professional services work. So whenever there's a significant disparity, I think it's a good idea to ask How could that be explained? Certainly it could be explained by the fact that they preference businesses owned by white men. No doubt about that. That is a possibility. Is it also a possibility that, let's say, of 30 bids that you get on a project, that 28 of them might be businesses owned by white men? One of them might be a minority-owned business. One of them might be a business owned by a woman is that possible? I would say that is possible too. In fact, I would say that is highly likely. So typically when you bid these city contracts, what are you looking for? I would hope if you're stewarding our tax money uh, wisely, you would be looking for the lowest bid balanced against the competence of the business. Sometimes a ridiculously low bid is suspicious because it's like, I don't know why, why are they, let's say in this terms of a city contract might be a million, some several million dollar contract. Why are they 200,000 lower than someone else? That makes me a little suspicious or they don't have the what track record of performance. Isn't one of the things that you would do if you were city attorney, Zach Klein, or you were somebody in contracts and disbursements, wouldn't you want evidence of their work? What have you done? A project of this magnitude. Let me go see it. Let me see how it's working out. Let me call the person you did it for. And maybe they don't have anybody because they've never gotten that kind of a deal before. They're hoping to get the deal. So these are the kinds of things that a leftist looks at and goes, well, that's racist. But a pragmatic person might look at it and go, well, you might think it's racist, but it's not necessarily racist. There might be a logical explanation for it. So what are they going to do tonight? This legislation that they're certainly going to approve because it advantages Women in minority-owned businesses. Uh, they're going to give a five percentage point uh, edge in uh, proposals for prime contracts to women in minority-owned businesses. So they can bid $105,000 for a job that a white-owned business can only bid $100,000 for. Okay, They give a 5% advantage. Uh, A bid discount of 5%, up to $50,000 off the bid amounts on construction and goods and services contracts, making it more likely they will be the low bidder. Now, see, I would look at that and I would say, hmm, so you're developing a policy to advantage one group of people at the expense of another group of people. Is there a word for that kind of a policy? Can anybody think of a word that would describe a policy that is advantaged based upon ethnicity or gender over someone else who has a different ethnicity or a different gender. Ah, racist or sexist. Of course, if you do it to the disadvantage of a female or minority-owned business, it's bad, but if you do it to their benefit, it is good. So that is what they are doing tonight at Columbus City Council. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, now, back to this story about the dispatches' decision to uh, spruce up the ugly, dangerous neighborhoods with stories about how good things are happening in Linden. Good things are happening in the hilltop. I don't think anybody thinks that that is untrue, but it is not news. When society functions in an orderly fashion, it is news when something happens out of the ordinary, when someone gets killed. And thankfully, we're not at the point yet where someone getting murdered in the hilltop or in Linden or on the near east side or anywhere has become like, oh, well, whatever. Now the uh, dispatch says we will be careful not to portray the victim as a statistic, as in homicide number 103 for Columbus in 2021. That's actually one of the things they do that I think is most helpful. Because what do we all want to know as the homicide totals escalate? How many is that? And how does it compare to last year at this time? That's a newsworthy comparison. Because it gives us a very accurate barometer of the kinds of policies that they've put on the police to not engage, to not stop people, to not use rubber bullets, to not use wooden bullets. That gives us a real barometer. We're going to not do that anymore. Uh, we will tackle the unemployment numbers and how to fix them next on The answer.